Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radios. We are your allergenic hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. So here's what happened. We moved from Ohio, where we had virtually no allergies. Then we moved out west. We lived a little bit here and a little bit there. And then we moved to Austin, Texas. And we finally found, uh, we discovered that we are, uh, (laughs) we have allergies to certain kinds of trees that (laughs) weren't where we had previously lived. So the first time really in our lives, we have allergies in the middle of the winter. So those of you in Texas, I think, can understand. Yeah, it's bizarre. (laughs) You know, what people, where we're from, nothing blooms in January, right? It's just snow and cold. (laughs) Yeah, but here you have pine trees and all these other crazy things that obviously seriously hate people from Ohio, otherwise they wouldn't be giving us these fits. But with that said, we live by our own mantra of long-term ever-increasing success coming from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And here Julie and I are being very allergenic, and we're still going to hopefully do a fantastic job for you guys. picking up where we left off yesterday. And the topic of the radio show is 30 things that I wish I knew when I was 30. But the essence of it is is these are 30 life lessons that uh, we've learned personally. A lot of it we've learned through coaching. We've learned from reading. We've learned through just the wonderful opportunities we've had to meet so many brilliant folks in our industry and outside of our industry. And these are things that, um, you know, really at the end of the day, they should all be uh, a permanent fixture in how you think about life and success, and maybe you can pass some of these lessons on to other folks that you care about. Uh, a lot of the things we're going to talk about do fly in the face of a lot of the things that, especially in real estate, people believe to be true. Um, and we don't mind that in some cases it's going to make you guys angry, but the reality of it is is what we tell you is designed specifically to help you put yourself and your family in a position to make money and create some financial independence and some financial freedom. Ultimately, that is the reason that you take the risk of owning your own business, being an entrepreneur. That is what you are. And as such, we're going to do our best and a uh, to deliver information to you Uh, That is going to oftentimes be on the edge of maybe what you find comfortable, but hopefully it'll be right in, um, you know, right in the zone as far as what you can understand will be useful. So, Julie, we left off yesterday at point number three, and I think we're ready for point number four, correct? Yes, and I am walking back to those notes because I was taking care of the munchkin just for a second while you were talking. So, sorry about that. Okay, no problem. Well, I'll read the point. So, (laughs) here's the point number four. Five-year plans are really silly. They're really goofy. A lot of you guys are spending time creating these long, long-term plans. And so realistically, the longest plan you should have is a 12-month plan, but ideally you should be operating off 30-day plans. So 12-month plans are great, but ideally you're operating off 30-day plans. Now, why is that especially true this year? Simple. There's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of fluctuations because of the election. And whenever there's an election year, there's a lot of consternation. You'll find that the closer we get to the election, especially folks in upper-end markets, you're going to start hearing people use the um, results of the election as an excuse to procrastinate buying or selling anything, not just real estate, but anything. 
That happens every election cycle. But in addition to that, interest rates are going to be creeping up a little bit. There's going to be other things that are going to be happening that are going to cause um, a lot of, you know, 12-month plans to be constantly in flux. That's the reason that we want you staying focused on um, 30-day, 60-day plans. And here's the other thing about long-term five-year plans. And the reason I'm specifically picking on five-year plans is because I know a lot of you do those. And I know you do them because we have coaching calls with you and you say, well, that's not into my five-year plan or that's part of my five-year plan. Whatever you have as your five-year plan, I want you to cut that back and make that part of your 12-month plan and then with your coach, break that down and figure out how to do work towards each of those goals every single month. You cannot realistically plan anything for five years out. It just that isn't the way life works, is it? So do yourself a favor um, and really be a little bit more drilled down on the accomplishment of your goals. Remember, guys, a goal is a dream with an action plan. Uh, goals must be uh, written down regularly. They must be measurable. They must be very specific. So when you're making your goals, when you're completing your real estate treasure map, which is our business plan, which, by the way, you get for free when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, be very specific about what your goal is. Don't just say, for example, you know, I want to have um, you know, $50,000 saved this year. Let's just say that's your goal. That's a nice, that's nothing. That's just a dream. So what you need to do is you need to say, here it has, here's specifically how to set a goal that you will accomplish. I want to have $50,000, or I will have $50,000 saved you know, by, let's say, uh, June 15th or whatever the end date is, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to sell 15 houses where the average commission is $10,000, and off every one of those houses, I'm going to save, you know, $2,000 or however the math works out, right? It's actually more like $2,500. So when you do it that way, you're going to have a very specific plan, and you're going to have an end date, and you're going to have a goal. That's how you move the ball down the field, guys, not these long-term plans. Generally speaking, long-term plans are not, are used as an excuse for you to procrastinate taking immediate action. We're all about action. Do today. Work today. Do what you don't want to do um, at the highest level today, not procrastinating for you know 12 months, six months. So whatever you have that you're thinking that you want to accomplish in five years, set the goal of accomplishing it in the next 12 months, and then break it down as monthly goals and create individual action plans with completion dates like I just described. Remember, I know this is, might seem a little overwhelming for some of you, and I apologize. Just request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and then you will uh, get a copy of our uh, book, The Real Estate Treasure Map, and it walks you through the whole process on that book. Julie, point number five? Well, so let's, let's drill down just a little bit further on this five-year, even one-year baloney that these, hungs these guys up. So let's say that you want to do 50 deals, right? So that's a lot of deals. That will freak you out in the first place, some of you guys. So if you have a year to do that, you can automatically procrastinate, especially at the beginning of the year. Well, i got plenty of time to do that. But in fact, somebody who needs to do 50 deals a year needs four deals per month to have consistent income, which actually means focusing on one new listing or buyer per week, which really means one appointment per day to make sure that you get that one new deal per week, which is a lot easier to focus on than thinking about 50 deals that will take you all year. Think about today, this week, and this month. You know, things change all the time anyway. So to think that on a five-year plan, three years into it, it's going to be what you think it is, of course it's not. Everything changes all the time in your business and life, you know, election year, all that kind of stuff. So those of you who are working with coaches, which is most of you listening, 
you've got to be very specific and very succinct with your coach, not just what your yearly plan is, because we all work on a fiscal year. That makes sense to have a yearly plan. But what's your quarterly, monthly, and even weekly, and ultimately that's going to get down to a daily schedule, not over-scheduled, we've talked about that before, but at least maintaining a morning schedule to help you exceed that goal, to ensure your success so that you're not thinking, ah, I'll get on it next month because, you know, I got the rest of the year. That's too long. You've got to think about today. Does that make sense, Tom? Of course. So, again, guys, um, especially those of you who are with one of our coaches, uh, be very specific with your goals. Uh, be very bold with your goals. You know, it's kind of fun, um, especially those of you who have had your best years ever last year. I know that's a lot of you listening, you know, income-wise. And you're saying, well, where should I set my goal this year? <laughs> you know, it's a challenge for a coach to, um, you know, help you set that specific goal of a, as a number. So along the lines of what Julie was saying, when you're creating all your goals under the five categories of life, when you get to the financial goals, when you get to the fact that you want to save this amount of money or you want to pay this off or you want to go here or you want to buy that, that's how you actually go about or should go about setting your financial goals. Don't just set it as an immediate number. So I'll give you an example. Let's say last year you earned 500000 and this year you want to earn 750000 That won't happen unless there's a real big specific bunch of goals that are driving that specific goal. Like, say, if you need to earn, like, 500000 and 500000 gives you an incredible lifestyle. You have no debt. You're able to take time off when you want to take time off. Your kids' college educations are fully paid for. Everything is just perfect at 500000 Chances are you're not going to do seven hundred and fifty because you've got it going on at 500000 or or 100000 Or Some of you can have great lifestyles at, say, 75000 I get it. Don't worry about the number. Don't get stuck on that. That's just an ego thing. Now, if you say, for example, well, Tim, I don't have my house paid off, and I do want to fully fund my 529s for my kids, and I do want to go to Europe in the summer for a month, and I do want to buy a new whatever. All right, cool. So let's write all those things down. How much are those things going to cost? Don't forget the taxes. And then what does that number add up to? Whatever that number is, that should be what your financial goal is. Again, I know a lot of brokers. I know a lot of office managers. I know a lot of even coaches will just basically say, take whatever you earned last year and add 50%. And I promise you, that is a BS way to go about doing it. There's nothing behind that particular goal other than ego. But if all of a sudden you start putting the things behind it, the reasons why you want to earn the more money, and then you put those reasons up on your goal board, on your dream board, which is in your office, which is part of the real estate treasure map. Coaching clients, you should all have your offices set up with all this stuff already. And if you don't, um, your coach is going to be on you about it. Head coach Julie Harris makes sure the coaches are on their clients about this, right? Right. That's exactly. how you make all these goals. That's how you accomplish a lot of things. Let's say, for example, you wanted to buy five uh, rental properties. That was your goal for the rest of the year. That's a big goal. Depending on your marketplace, that could be a really big goal. Um, now, is five realistic? It absolutely is if you set your plan around it. So let's say last year you sold 30 houses. In order for you to accomplish your financial goals this year, you might have to sell 50 houses, but you know that for the extra units that you're producing, you know specifically why, because it's going to be going to putting down payments or paying cash for these other rental properties. You see what I'm saying? So just having a me, this, this is my big number, and I'm going to pick some big number, and I'm going to try to show off in front of the other agents. That's just silly. That's not how a business person thinks. 
if you're setting a goal specifically around the cost of certain goal, financial uh, you know, goals you set for yourself, then it'll actually happen because it's real, because you're excited about it. Um, and what's really cool, what's really wonderful, and I'm so hoping you guys are willing to take on the challenge of having this as a goal for yourself, when you can actually be financially free, when you get to the point where all your stuff is paid for, when you get to the point where you have money coming in from uh, passive income, mostly rental properties for most of us, where when that actually is uh, coming in at a level enough that it's paying all of your personal overhead, where you wake up one day and you realize that you have all your stuff paid for, your kids' colleges are paid for, you have no debts, you have income coming in in the, in the form of checks in the mail from rental properties, at that point, you are financially free. You are the very definition of rich. You have accomplished it. Chances are you don't need to have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to accomplish that goal. Depending on your market, you could have maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars and have accomplished that goal if your overhead is low enough. You guys, the idea of being financially free, don't give up on it. I beg you, don't give up on it. Don't let people persuade you into thinking that it will never happen, because it will. You just have to have a very clear thought on how you're going to go about accomplishing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, whether you do or don't is up to you. That's your choice. All right, Julie, point number five, five. right? Yes, now, point five, number five. You guys have already heard us say, you've already heard us say this point a thousand times, but <laughs> we're going to deep dive into it. exactly what we mean by it, because we do use it a lot. Point number five should sound familiar. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it is the key ingredient to success. Now, what does that even mean? You guys have heard it enough that maybe it's in one ear and out the other. I'm going to be very clear on this. You have two sides to your business. Working in your business, that's what makes you money. What's on the working in your business? So let's do a real quick exercise here. Coaches do this with coaches, coaching clients. You have a new sheet of paper. You're going to have a left-hand side of the page and a right-hand side of the page. Left-hand side, working in your business. There's only a few things that go on the left-hand side of the page. Lead generation, which you should write in big, gigantic, glowing letters since that is where everything starts. Lead generation. Lead follow-up. Pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. These are the only things that actually lead to a paycheck. And you can write at the bottom of that left-hand side, lather, rinse, repeat. That's working in your business. We're borrowing some terminology from a great book um, called uh, The E-Myth that talks about this, not just in real estate, but all businesses are like this. So working on your business, left-hand side of the page, all of those things. On the right-hand side, we can fill the right-hand side of all kinds of things that look like work, but working on your business is everything else. Working on your website. How many times a week do the coaches hear that? Well, I couldn't do that because I was working on my website. Working on your Facebook page, going on home tours, office meetings, creating home brochures, tweaking this and polishing that. Most agents spend all of their time working on the business because it's more fun and it still looks like work. You can still, still tell your spouse that you work today. Okay? Most agents avoid working in the business as much as possible. Working in your business when you don't feel like it and doing a killer job that's the key to success. Real estate is full of things that convince you that you worked today. But if you didn't spend enough time on the left-hand side of the page, and I know a lot of people right now are coming to terms with this, having done this exercise, if you didn't spend enough time on the left-hand side of the page, you really have no business working on the right-hand side of the page because you're not going to have any website to work on if you didn't actually generate some leads. Okay? When, in fact, everybody thinks that they've got to have all this other stuff set up to generate leads. It's the things that you don't want to do 
doing them when you don't want to do them at the highest level, like the most obvious one being follow up on the leads you've already generated because lead follow ups on the left hand side of the page. Um, you know, I got a shout out to uh, the Gene and Jen team um, in Illinois because they've instigated, I just got off the call with them, they instigated a uh, call, a mandatory call day that uh, Jean is doing with a friend of hers, another agent friend. And basically they meet, they're in the office, and all they do is continuous lead follow-up. And they're setting appointments every single time they do it. That's like their mandatory butt-kicking lead follow-up day. That's very much in the left-hand side of the page. And that's one of the reasons why she's set to do more than 100 deals this year. So does that make sense, Tim? Because we say this thing all the time, the definition of success, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level. Well, I'm defining that for them. What are those things that they honestly probably don't want to be doing? I asked a coach well, this. I, I said, how much time do you think the average agent spends working on their business? I'm sorry, working in their business. And it was funny. He said, well, my experience has been that they'll do anything to avoid ever working on that side of the page. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of telling. Well, that's true. But so, so here's the thing. Why is it that people are like that, Okay. And everyone's like that. <clears throat> and, and I have news for you. Your broker, your office manager, they won't necessarily know to call you out on your own BS that say, hey, guess what? Doing that little Mickey Mouse 9 or $10 an hour activity that you're doing now is a waste of your time. You should be doing the things that are going to get you paid. When you, yeah. when you look at any top producing agent, you'll find that they spend a majority of their time, usually a scheduled time block portion of the morning, where they're focused, 100% drill down focused on doing the things that are going to get them paid, doing the things that are going to actually generate the revenue for their real estate practices. And to Julie's point, I honestly don't believe it's actually your guys' fault for the most part that you don't know the difference between what you, you know, basically the things that are going to get you paid and the things that aren't, the working in versus the yeah, working on aspects of it. Yeah, because a lot of you grew up or came up in the industry and you were raised by brokers and office managers and whatnot that they themselves didn't know the difference. And they themselves right. have had ups and downs in their income forever. And they themselves have been frustrated by the fact that real estate seems to be all about, you know, here and there income versus consistent income. And the reason is, is because they've never actually been held accountable to doing basically the stuff they didn't want to do when they didn't want to do it at the highest level. Most people spend their entire lives only being productive, even like people in totally different businesses, industries, when they feel like it. So most people will only actually work at the highest level when they have this rare fleeting emotion of motivation. Very rarely do they actually do anything. There's been lots of studies that have done it uh, as far as employees go, and, and essentially looking at what amount of time per day an employee of an ordinary company spends doing actual work versus basically moving things around on their desk. And it was something like 45 minutes. It was no amount of time whatsoever. So here's the thing. The reason probably that you're not further along towards your goals or further along towards the person or being the person that you really, the ultimate version of you, is because you're only working when you feel a certain way or you're only working at the highest level when you feel a certain way. You know as well as I do, when you're on the phone with a seller and you're pre-qualifying, when you just basically walk around the surface and you avoid asking the real questions that will lead to a yes or a no, you're not doing your job, okay? That's not working at the highest level. 
well, Tim, I just didn't feel like it. I wasn't in the mood. I didn't have that level of intensity in my spirit. Well, guess what? Julie and I are doing this radio show right now, and we both are getting attacked by allergies, and we're still doing it. And we're not thinking right. about how we feel. We're thinking about doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know, when we don't want to do it at the highest level. You have to operate at the same level for at least two or three hours a day if you expect to get anything meaningful out of your business. Don't count on your feelings. Your feelings, your emotions will betray you. Don't wait to feel a certain way because if you're going to wait to feel, aha, I feel great, you will be finding yourself hardly ever feeling that way and hardly ever getting anything done. And here's the secret to all of this. And all of you guys have experienced this, so you probably know what I'm about to say. When you start exercising, very rarely, like I hardly ever feel like exercising. I just don't. But about 15 minutes into doing whatever I'm supposed to be doing, then all of a sudden I feel like it. And when I'm done doing it, I feel great for having done it. That's the same way when it comes to doing the things in your business that you don't want to do, right? You don't want to do them. You don't feel like doing them. Screw it. You'll do it later. After all, it's part of your five-year plan, so you can do it six months from now, right? No. You have to do specific things every single day, your minimum standards every single day. And when you do those at the highest level, no matter how you feel, you will find your whole entire world shifts. Everything changes. Everything all of a sudden becomes you know, possible. You all of a sudden find yourself thinking big. You all of a sudden find yourself thinking without limits. You all of a sudden start seeing around you all the things, all the, you know, the people usually that have been holding you back or reinforcing this mediocre version of you. So please embrace the idea that long-term ever-increasing success truly is about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's the biggest secret, if you want to call it a secret, that we'll ever be able to share with you Um, And it's the most obvious thing, and when I say it, I know this is like the least sexy thing I could ever possibly say, oh, you mean I have to work when I don't feel like working, and not only do I have to work when I feel like working, but I actually have to get a good result for it? Yep, that is not an appealing message to most people, but that is the truth, truism that I could possibly give you. You know, when Julie and I are doing this radio show, we know that the highest cliff that you can fall from is trust. And so we are never going to do anything or say anything that isn't something we 100% believe is true so that we can help you at the highest level during our time with you every single day. If there's ever anything we can be doing for you, remember, guys, request a free coaching call uh, at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And you can also uh, email Julie directly at julie at timandjulieharris.com, or you can email me directly at tim at uh, timandjulieharris.com. We love hearing from you guys with any show ideas. Julie, next point. I know I've walked on some of the future ones, but who cares? That's okay. No worries. So the next point is a very interesting one, and that's about debt. Avoid it. There is no such thing as, quote, good debt. How many of you guys have been told that certain types of debt, well, that's okay, that's good debt. It's all bad debt. That's why they call it debt, right? (laughs) Self-fund, don't borrow. The new hip term in Silicon Valley is, quote, customer funded. That means somebody sold a product that people bought and they made profit enough to reinvest versus versus using other people's money. So can you elaborate that on that, Tim? I know you've been reading a lot about that, this whole customer funded thing and the the idea of avoiding good debt, avoiding debt in general, is what we want them to do. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, really, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, the the, the whole building of debt, the whole accumulation of debt, it, it's it's really it's not some. So here's the kind thing. Kind of a simple I'll point at the end of the day. 
Well, you guys know we're big fans of Dave Ramsey. Read his books. His first books are very simplistic, but they are for a reason because most of us have no financial education. One of his most recent books, which is fantastic, is called The Legacy Journey. Uh, you, you definitely want to read that one as well. But here's a thought for you as far as debt goes. And I, I know, Julius, is a point that we're going to be talking about probably tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I want to kind of round the bend on today's show with this thought. You guys have always all heard, especially in the real estate industry, especially when you're dealing with you know investment properties and things like that. You've heard this this conversation that seems to be you know it's like trendy conversation. It comes and goes. You know, good debt versus bad debt, right? And I noticed that right now in the halls of the real estate brokerages around the country, you know, the halls of you know where people go to get their uh, education. I guess you're starting to hear people talk more about that thing called good debt. I'm going to tell you right now. There's no such thing as good debt. Debt is all bad. There's no such thing as good debt. Well, hold on, Tim. Hold on. Hold your horses there, buddy. You're telling me that all debt's bad debt. What about if a tenant's paying the debt? That is, by definition, still bad debt. Why? Because if that tenant stops paying the debt, who pays it? You do. Well, yeah, Tim, hold on. I have a credit. Mo- yours. Right. All debt is bad debt. You have to internalize that. Well, Tim, you know, if I have no debt on my property, I can't have the same level of tax deductions as I can. You come up with some big analytical CPA answer. But still, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. None of your tax deductions matter. None of these fancy logic matters. For 99% of you, debt is going to always be a bad thing because as soon as the market adjusts or as soon as you're, you know, we've had properties. Julie and I have, you know, dozens of properties. And and all the three of them are paid for. And, you know, the three that aren't paid for have virtually no mortgages on them. And I got to tell you, even at our income level, when you have a few vacancies, you know, that also need furnaces and roof repairs and those bills start piling up, it's a conversation topic. So when you have somebody trying to sell you into the concept that you can build your wealth through leverage, they're just telling you to basically borrow a bunch of money in hopes that basically it times out and it works out for you. That's not the way to actually ultimately do it. All debt is bad debt. If you don't believe me, play the tape back in your head back about five or six years during the last real estate blow-up. All these you know, brilliant uh, multimillionaire real estate investors, what happened to them now? They're all gone because they couldn't handle the debt. Even if they bought properties and put 50% down, all that, I know some of you are going to have to start your investing that way, and that's fine. But do not over-leverage yourself. Do not allow someone to talk you into this fantasy of accumulation of debt will somehow get you rich. That is the exact opposite of how you build wealth. Debt is debt. All debt is bad debt. So by all means, read Dave Ramsey's book. If you're trying to dig yourself out of some financial holes, I don't know anybody else out in the marketplace that's better at helping uh, people understand you know, basically not to be money abusers. So positively get in, uh, tuned in with Dave Ramsey. Get your financial house in order. Live a debt-free life. Have your own house paid off. I don't care how old you are. You know, oh, you shouldn't have your house paid off. You know who argues that you shouldn't have your house paid off? You know who does that? It are the people that are trying to sell you stocks and bonds. Because if you're using your money to pay your house off, that you're not buying securities, and that's how they make their commission. Have you ever noticed that the people that try to talk you into debt are the same people that make money off you having debt? Put two and two together here, people. Yeah, right? (laughs) And here's the cool thing. Once all your stuff is paid for, once you're debt-free, the income that you make can then go to accumulating more assets that produce, guess what? More assets, more income. That's how you actually do it. 
practically speaking, there's not a single soul listening to us right now, and there's roughly 100,000 of you that listen to us on a regular basis. There's not a single soul that's listening right now that isn't saying to themselves, you know what? He is speaking the truth. What Tim and Julie are saying is absolutely true. It seems very practical. It seems like common sense. Why isn't anyone else saying that? And the answer is, I don't know why anyone else isn't saying that, but that is the truth. That's how you do it. That's how you hedge against slowdowns in the economy or changes in the mortgage process or changes in your local employment situation. Maybe there's a great company right now that's bringing in tons of employees, but six months from now, who knows? And if you built your debt situation around the anticipation of future business and it's not there, well, then guess what? You've got problems. So, guys, please, please, I beg you, do this. Follow the, follow the path of people who have done it before. The old Chinese proverb, which I love, is, you know, a smart man learns from his mistakes, but a brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. You don't have to make the same mistakes of other, as other people did. We didn't. What we're telling you to do is what we did. We didn't have to have a, you know, a, a, a huge, horrible experience financially. Why? What, when Julie and I were kids, we, you know, when we were in our early 20s and we got married, we we're like, you know what? Let's just find mentors, find coaches, read books. So we don't have to make the mistakes if everyone else does. And let's follow in the footsteps of people that have come before us. That's what we did. That's what we do. And you should consider that as well. If there's anything we can do for you, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, I apologize if Julie and I sound a little congested on the radio today. Thank our friends for the allergies. And we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.